from Television City in Hollywood. Welcome, everyone. This Welcome. What episode? This is season two, episode five. Season two, episode five. Archie baby. goes to jail, and Archie. that's our plot synopsis. So he let's goes move to jail. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what happens. It's a good one. It's a solid one. I I think this is one of them because there's like I feel like now in season two they're kind of breaking these up into like. This is like an Archie's taste of his own medicine episode. There's like the Archie is kind of right episodes. And then there's just like the race episodes. And then there's like the feminism episodes. They they have been starting to break them up into like, well, what are we trying to do here? And like this one is definitely like Archie getting a taste of his own medicine. Yeah. And the episode ending by proving every argument that he had made earlier in the episode wrong. Right. Yeah. About like police... Everything. He says no one gets arrested in this country unless they did something wrong, and which, he gets arrested for not doing anything. Which, wrong. as we know, guys. I mean, yeah. So what what I found interesting about this is because every time we come across an explicitly political episode, I think about how we're going to have a conversation about this because every single week we inevitably end up talking about the politics of the episode, but sooner or later I figured that our discussions are going to become repetitive. Like, we're going to be talking about feminism and intersectional politics and so on and so forth. But I realized that the reason that it worked for All in the Family, the reason that they were able to do a political episode every single week is because the show echoed what was going on during the time. Uh So every single week there was something new going on in the country, just like every single week there's something else going on in our fucking country with Donald Trump as president. And Roseanne. And and Roseanne. (laughs) We should should talk about Roseanne briefly. Let's do it. At a later point. But let's just focus on this episode right now. Okay, I was going to say we should actually talk about Roseanne just a little bit. A little, a little wee bit, maybe now. I'm going to say what I need to say because, okay. Go ahead. I think ABC made the right decision. I think ABC also needs to get off his high horse a little bit because they knew she was a racist and a transphobic, homophobic piece of shit. And they, and they literally, there is an interview with Ben Sherwood where he says, well, it's Roseanne. You can't, she can't be con- contained. Like, quote, unquote, she can't be contained. And then a season later, they're like, no, we have to put an end to this. I'm like, you were making money, bitch. Like, don't start. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is I think the show is generally misunderstood by liberal people because the show itself was liberal. It was. Pretty liberal. Other than the first episode, which is the only thing that people cared about or wanted to talk about. The second episode is about her gender non-binary grandson. There's an episode about her finding a way to accept her Muslim neighbors. There's there's an episode about the opioid addiction. There's a lot of episodes about, like, poverty in America, which I thought was, like, pretty interesting, which I thought were pretty interesting and, like, the struggle of, like, even, like, you know, what, like, older people that are, you know, in homes have to deal with in America. And... I think the show tapped into something really interesting and was pretty liberal because the writers were pretty liberal. I mean, it was exact produced by Whitney Cummings and Juana Sykes. So it's like pretty liberal. And the idea for the revival wasn't, it didn't come from Roseanne. It came no, from No, it came from Sarah, Sarah Gilbert, Gilbert, who's a lesbian. And yeah. so I just think it's a shame. And so many people watched it. Like it was the number one rated thing on television by a long shot. It was that and the Big Bang Theory, and it was still beating the Big Bang Theory by a long shot. And I just think it's sort of a shame that this had to happen, because I think in the second season, they would have made it more liberal, and they would have changed a lot more minds. But they made the right decision, and... Well, were they effective in changing any minds? I mean, we don't know. I mean, it was only nine episodes, but I think, like, most the most of the people that watched it were in the Midwest, and, like, in the middle of the country. And so, like, yeah, I think if they did more seasons and more episodes about, like you know, social issues in America, then it would have been sort of like it all in the family. And it would have been like, you know, kind of like generating 
a healthy conversation in America about the political and social divide. And I was like, okay, cool, we have that, and now it's gone, and it's a shame because she's a stupid fucking piece of shit racist, and that they did the right thing, and she's an asshole. So mm, that's okay. how I feel about it. I'm a little yeah, disappointed. I have a lot, well, hmm, let's see, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I definitely agree that the revival is misunderstood and misrepresented. A lot of people, and I think we've said this in an earlier episode, but a lot of people were boycotting Roseanne and throwing their arms up in the air about Roseanne and they were, you know, rioting on Facebook about Roseanne because they felt like the show was normalizing Trump supporters, which it really wasn't. I mean, the first episode I thought was problematic because it portrays Roseanne as the sane, rational one and Jackie as the crazy one. Right, and that's, that's something, thing, I mean, yeah. as someone who was an avid fan of the original series, I really hated what they did to Jackie's character and what they continued to do with her character in the revival. I didn't like that she was a life coach. I thought that was dumb. It was contrived. I, th- was I thought a- the entire revival was contrived. Like they tried, I mean, yeah. they tried way too hard to resurrect what made the original show just naturally funny and it wasn't natural in the revival it was contrived but my problem is that toward the last few seasons of the original series Jackie becomes fucking crazy like and 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 I think the idea and and I've learned this from reading YouTube comments but I think the idea behind making her character emotionally unstable is that not only has she had an incredibly difficult life I mean she's the victim of domestic abuse and she's had a series of um, unfulfilled um, and Uh, Yeah, unfulfilled and dissatisfying relationships and ultimately she never really finds happiness through another partner and she had an abusive father growing up so it does make sense that she is an emotionally unstable character but some people also said in the YouTube comments that I've read she becomes the way she does because she's following in her mother's footsteps which is why there's so much friction between her and her mother because she is becoming her mother and she unconsciously rejects that but I hated that that really pissed me off because Funny as Jackie is and kooky as she could be, she was also, especially in the earlier seasons, the voice of reason. Uh She was always the rational one in the family. She was always the equalizer between between Roseanne and Dan, between um, the parents and the kids. She was always the middle ground. And as she became crazier, she became less reliable of a character for me personally. That's my spiel about that. I mean... That's the the issue with a lot of like long running sitcoms that I find like even Friends like Joey by season nine Joey becomes like uh, Joey becomes like almost like he has like a birth defect. It's like absurd how yeah. stupid he becomes at one point. I'm like, okay, we, I mean it was funny at first, and now I think you've you've run out of steam well, a little bit, and you're making yeah. him super dumb. And then Monica becomes like. I guess she's clean, but by season nine, she becomes like full out a raging lunatic, yeah. and you're like, okay, this is a lot. Like, she's yeah. not like this. Well, we even but that's see an that issue in, yeah. of like them running out of steam, the writers running out of steam, quitting, going on to much better things, and then bringing in writers that were like assistants that like take over, and they're not as good. That's, that's really an, essentially what that's happened. an interesting way of looking at it. See, I look at it through the Family Guy lens. You know how in the earlier seasons of Family Guy, Meg is just kind of you know she's like the the weird um, eccentric character, like the weird eccentric daughter. And then as the seasons go on, everyone hates Meg, becomes like the running joke. I feel like the writers also realize like, oh, people like it when Jackie has her moments of craziness. People like it when Joey has like his stupid moments. So let's capitalize on this and let's make this like the one monolithic defining feature of his personality. They get lazy. They get lazy. Yeah, so... um, They bring new writers in, they get lazy. Yeah. 
they realize the show only has a few good seasons left. And then, you know, I have to realize all these people are getting like overall deals with the company and they're developing their own shows and they're working on their own pilots and they're writing on other stuff. And they just like are like, well, they laugh when she's dumb. So let's just do that. Yeah, so there was, you know, I had like that problem. I also, so I do think it was misunderstood. It was not, like you said, it wasn't produced by Roseanne. It wasn't, the idea to bring it back wasn't because of Roseanne. And while I disagree with Roseanne's character being a Trump supporter and I hate Roseanne the person, I don't think that the show's mission statement was to normalize Trump supporters. No, it wasn't. To normalize Trump at all. So that was. I think it was to show that there's a familial, there's a political divide in the country that trickles down into familial politics. Yes. Which is just the America we're living in. This is exactly what I mean. It was like for me, it was like yeah, this is exactly what we're living in right now. Yeah. Well said. Now I do want to disagree. I don't agree with the comparison of Roseanne to All in the Family because I think that All in the Family it's was incredibly nuanced. Watered and down. Don't get I me mean, wrong. Yeah, it's well, a 2018 th- All in the thing Family. With Ro- my thing with like, well, even I don't know. I kind of want to push back on the idea that the revival was liberal because the liberal, the quote unquote liberal messages that they were propagating were things that we liberals have come to the conclusion of and like we've accepted a long time ago so the whole like you know her um thinking that her her muslim neighbors are actually secret terrorists and they're gonna blow her up and then in the end of the episode and i'm sorry i thought this scene was bullshit but she's like at the grocery store and she's behind her muslim neighbor at the grocery store and the cashier is like talking to the muslim she's like yeah what do you want terrorists go back to your own country go back to your own country and go bomb something which i'm like it was a lot it was argue. Yeah, it was a lot. Was, I, yeah, I liked using, that scene. I I'm thought it was using, interesting. I'm using this word a lot, but again, it was just so contrived. And then, like, what is Roseanne's epiphany in the end? You know what? Muslim people aren't that bad after all. Like, we've gotten there already. You know what I mean? It's like, but see, that's the thing. We've gotten there. But you can't say that for the rest of the country. But no, but and you, you have can. to realize demographically, the people that are watching were watching that Roseanne reboot were those people. But you can say that for the rest of the country because so many people like my own parents try to hide behind they like they don't understand implicit bias like they don't understand how voting for Donald Trump is problematic because they see it as like we don't hate Muslims we just hate the terrorist Muslims and we don't hate black people we just hate the black people who commit crime and they think that like just because they think that saying stuff like I don't see color and just because um, of the Civil Rights Act and just because there's no such thing as Jim Crow laws at least not on paper or at least they're not called Jim Crow laws anymore now it's called the war on drugs Um, but just because of that like that's it everyone is equal everything is wonderful black people could go to school and white people can go to school so we don't need to have um, a discussion about equality anymore and like that's the problem so a lot of people especially people who voted for Donald Trump would be the first to say like Tommy Lahren she's like I have nothing against Muslims it's the radical Islamic terrorist I have a problem with and it's like but that rhetoric that you're using and that mindset is exactly what is inspiring other people to harass Muslims on the street when they see them, which happens in our neighborhood. It happens in Bay Ridge. Um, one yeah. of our friends saw it happen, like, with her own eyes. Right. So I don't think but that, But I like, just think, like, I think the show... Yeah, no, you're right. It wasn't nuanced, and it was, like... Okay, I don't think, like... I don't think, like, I'd be checking out at Key Food and someone would be, like, go back to your own country. Like, that was a lot. But yeah. I also think that it could have gotten there. 
in another season. Like, it was going in that direction. Maybe. I think so. I mean, they would have brought those characters back, I'm sure, and found ways to make it a little more nuanced about, like, yes, ex- the implicit bias that exists in Americans. But right. it's like I the think, reason, like, yeah. yeah, I think, like, when you look demographically at who's watching, who was watching that show or the reboot, it was like, yeah, I mean, they were tuning into Fox News and then they were tuning into Roseanne right after. And it was like, okay, maybe they needed to hear that. Just right. maybe. Just and maybe. I, and my I don't thing know. Is, is that a lot of Trump supporters... This is also coming yeah. from someone that's a coastal elite, you know? I'm sorry. Right. This is also coming from me who went to New Orleans and thought I was going to have to butch it up and then realized, like, no, actually, New Orleans is so fucking gay that I was, like, I was mask for mask in New Orleans. Like, yeah. it was a lot. Like, I was like, this is... Yeah, I think it was problematic. And and not that I have any framework to say this, but I do think a lot of Trump supporters, again, at least the Trump supporters I know, they would admit that the way the cashier treated that Muslim woman was problematic. They'd be like, yeah, that's wrong. But me voting for Trump doesn't mean that I think like that. Right. Well, because they have removed themselves from that. I don't think that Trump's social politics. And that's the thing is that if Roseanne is going to be a liberal show for 2018, they need to uncover that the problem behind that implicit. I mean, they also had nine episodes. And it's the same. it's the same reason, though, that I, I have a problem with, like, people who teach To Kill a Mockingbird now. Like, right. what is the message behind To Kill a Mockingbird? Racism is bad? Like, okay, we realize that. Like, we've gotten to cool. that point already. And I feel like even teaching To Kill a Mockingbird in Middle America, like, I'm sure that everyone in Middle middle, middle America by now can realize that, like, the way that Tom Robinson is treated in To Kill a Mockingbird is morally wrong. We need to move past that now, and we need to have more challenging conversations about the ways that racism exists in 2018 because no there is no more literal segregation but virtual i mean like jim crow laws have been virtually reinstated by the war on drugs they just don't call it um jim crow anymore yeah. now again it's the war on drugs which disproportionately okay. focuses on but black i think they had nine episodes and i think that six of them had to be like, six of those episodes were like, let's catch up on this family and where all their other people are. You know, it was like, where, where's, what's Jackie up to? What's the grandma up to? What's this person up to? And then three of them were like, okay, let's try and infuse some sort of social message in here. So you have to realize, like, it is a classic show that they had to cater to some of the fan like, you know, no, I know. What, is, just what is Darlene's husband right. up to? They had to do a lot of that of work course. first. So, like, they did all that work, and I think in the second season they would have spent a lot more time just, like, building out the new world that they've created. Maybe. I don't know. I, just... weren't, I mean, they weren't going to bring David back ever. Like, right. not. Because he's on The Big Bang Theory. They, they had no... They were killing a lot of those things. They were like, okay, well, we right. did that episode. We don't have to talk about that anymore. We did this episode. We don't have to talk about that anymore. So they had to do all that, all that legwork to be to get to a place where they would be like, okay, now we've established this new world. Roseanne's a racist. Like, let's move on. Yeah. Right. And I definitely agree that a first season of any show needs time to orient the audience and orient themselves right. with the characters and where they are. But I do think that that Muslim episode is like a prime example. Because in that episode, they weren't catching up on anyone. Like, that episode was devoted yeah, it was exclusively the one, yeah. to the Muslim issue. And I'm sorry i just thought that they did like a pretty basic like unimpressive job with it. i liked it i, I just know, wasn't I, it was I just wasn't impressed with any of like the quote-unquote liberalism of the new show and maybe it could have improved in the second season but i am not remotely disappointed that it was ca- i also just thought it wasn't funny it I'm wasn't sorry. that funny it i'm really like, I'm wasn't. sorry the i thought the acting was just bad like, oh it was atrocious the acting was bad and it killed a lot of like some of the jokes i was like that could have been funny but it wasn't because uh, we're uh, 
How much coke did all these people do before they got on set? What the hell's going on? They just, yeah, they literally, like, Lisey yeah. Gorenson hasn't acted since Roseanne. No, no, she, she got fired off Roseanne. Did she, no, she left for college, didn't she? Well, well, no, behind the scenes, like, Roseanne and that actress got, like, they didn't get along, and so they they had her fired. Really? I they had sworn, her leave. I could have yeah. sworn. No, well, I could have sworn that she originally left because she really wanted to go to college. So no. they brought on Sarah Chalk. Then they brought Lucy Gorenson back for a few episodes, and maybe that's when she and Roseanne got into a falling no, out. They just didn't like Roseanne and her. Just didn't get along. Yeah, I've just heard There's, this from people that have like worked on the show, and they're just like, yeah, that. That was a situation. Interesting. Well, Roseanne didn't get along with anyone. Right, she yeah. was firing people I mean, left the and the fact right. that, like, a child had to leave because of her... Like, that's a lot. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, she's a fucking The lunatic, original like, had her their problems, too, you know? Oh, no doubt. I mean, she... Yeah. Like, and during was, that run, she was doing crazy shit, you know, behind the scenes and, mm-hmm. and on television well, and by season seven, well. by season seven, she had, like, fired... Like, everyone. So I yeah. think that that's the reason that seasons eight and nine were so fucking, like, historically right. bad. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. I think that Roseanne is an interesting phenomenon, but I think uh, the I think it, I'm fascinated by it. I'm, I'm very really, fascinated by it, I was it fascinated too. when it aired and so many people watched, and now I'm, like, more and more. I just get more and more fascinated by it. I'm definitely fascinated by it, too, but I am definitely not disappointed that it was canceled. I'm, I'm um, just, I think it's a shame. I just, like, I don't know if I would have kept watching. I would have just been, I would have checked in every once in a while, but I don't think I would have watched regularly. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, so back to this episode. Back to this episode. I enjoy this episode. It was a very good episode. Yeah, um, very yeah smart. Ma- Mike and Lionel are going out to picket um, against the Pentagon and like against the military, so on and so forth. And Archie's really pissed off about it. And um, you know, right before Mike and Lionel leave, they receive word that there is going to be increased police presence at the riot and. Gloria gets really nervous, so she forces Archie to, Archie to go after Mike and Lionel to bring them back home safely. Long story short, Mike comes home. He's been, like, kind of um, beat up a bit. You know, his clothes are tattered and torn, and they find out that Archie is in jail with a whole bunch of hippies, and they bail Archie out. But, of course, Archie, as his um, release papers are being filed, uh, you know, he, he calls Mike a dumb Pollock. And it turns out that the police officer who is, you know, writing and doing all of his release papers is Polish himself. So, yeah, that's the episode yep. in a nutshell. Um, where what, what kind of new things can we talk about so, from this episode? Uh, the thing that, first of all, the thing that I just find astounding, because we haven't recorded an episode in a while. And, like, watching it again, I'm like, after a long time, I'm like, I'm just so astounded that this whole, it's literally like three scenes. Yeah. You know? It's just wild that it's like just like the the first like 12 minutes is one long, 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 long scene. And then it's like a scene in jail, a scene him getting out. And then one it's like four four scenes, maybe. Mm -hmm. But that's like crazy that like that takes a lot of legwork to like write that and to like keep those characters in the moment and to like even like for the actors to like walk through that and like do that like i mean it's cra- i just think it's crazy yeah. again i'm just so like i don't know, we haven't watched it in a while and i'm like just always just astounded by like how much they just like manage to like one scene do so much and 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 and, and just like be like here are all the themes we're going to talk about blah 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 racism police brutality police this police that protesting vietnam boom and you're like holy shit okay you just threw a lot at me yeah and you didn't have to do all these crazy jump cuts and it wasn't it didn't have to be like 
flash to this, flash to that, flash to this, flash to that. It's like refreshing in a way. Yeah, it was definitely um, very organic. The other thing I found really interesting about this episode is Edith's dream. <laughs> because it's so, I mean, it's hilarious and it's a great break from all of the serious, you know, police stuff going on. But it's also like an interesting thing about her character because it's like, you can tell this bitch has dreams. She yeah. had dreams. Mm-hmm. She has, and like, I think there's like an, there's like right like in that moment where she's talking to Gloria and she's like, can I tell you something secretive? Like, remember our neighbor when we used to live on Union Street? Well, he was the one kissing me in the rowboat in my dream, not Archie. But I didn't want to tell Archie because I knew how mad he would get. I'm like, you have just indicated that there is an unhappiness in your marriage that is like so deep rooted inside of you that you can't admit it out loud. And it's so sad to watch her sometimes. It is sad to watch her. It's also ironic because he gets mad at her anyway. He gets mad at Edith for everything she says and does. Oh yeah. Everything. She'll be like, here's your breakfast, Archie. And he'll be like, why wasn't it on the table five minutes earlier? And then she'll be like, I have a dream. And he's just like, I don't want to hear about it. Like he gets mad at her no matter what. So you have to to wonder like how mad he's capable of getting if she is hesitant to share that with him. Right. Um, And And it also shows how smart her character is that she knows what to share and what not to share with him. Definitely. Definitely. She does have moments of right. cleverness. And but even the whole dream of like her being like a pretty little girl and like being beautiful and like Archie, even like she says like Archie's the judge, which is just so like... Symbolic. Symbolic. And it's just yeah. like, so, uh-huh. I don't know. I found that the most interesting moment of the whole episode because the rest of it is like, yeah, you know what? We have this in 2018. You know, we get yeah. it. Like, what's, what's interesting about the symbolism of that dream though is that Archie is judging her on her looks, which has never been a defining characteristic of their marriage. Right. Um, I, I, you know, he, yeah. like Arch, Archie and I mean, you Edith, can't say Archie's the cutest person in the bunch either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not even the, not the cutest person in the family right. either. But he also, I mean, he can't even say the word sex. And he and Edith like will will refuse to talk about their sex life. There's that moment back in I mean, season one. You have to one. realize they also only have one kid. Yeah. So it's not like that's I mean, the only time they've ever had sex. No, not exactly. actually. No, probably though. No, but you'll you'll see. There's there's one episode where he like makes a reference to the fact that they do have a somewhat active, albeit. Um, Ooh albeit flaccid sex life and that's all I'll say but okay cool so um what was I gonna say though so I find that ironic because the physical aspect of their relationship has never been important um so that's about as much as we're ever gonna get from it or learn about it is from Edith's dream it's her unconscious speaking um we also spoke back in the Gloria Ghost Feminist episode about whether that scene between whether any scene in the series between Edith and Gloria passes the Bechdel test. Right, and this one doesn't. This one doesn't because they're talking <laughs> they're about still men. talking about men. Yeah. They're talking about men, and I also don't think it passes the Bechdel test because the scene starts off with Gloria. Gloria the whole reason that Gloria sends Archie to go get Mike home is because Gloria's like, he won't listen to me. So he'll listen to Archie, who has the exact like, like Archie just spent the last five minutes in the scene telling Mike not to go. And Gloria realizes that her husband is so chauvinistic that he would sooner listen to Archie, whose political views he vehemently rejects, sooner than listen to his own wife, whose political views align with his. So I thought that that was just an interesting reaffirmation of what we've already learned in right. previous episodes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's About Mike it's just sad. being a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. He fucking comes home and he's just like, he's like, oh, Gloria, I went to the protest and, and you know, and the cops were arresting people and this isn't that. Do you have any cheese? Like, I just such hate an him. asshole. Like, I don't know why he makes me so angry. I think 
he's just yeah he's like that that fake ass liberal the most, one of the exactly most recent episodes that we recorded was him like speaking to black people as if he's privy to their experience yeah, and, and, and they were just like nah um, bitch nah they shut that down so quick yeah um, do you know I don't know I just Edith's dream just like fascinated me because it was like oh Edith wants to be pretty like Edith wants to be pretty and and she just wants Archie to think that she's pretty and like to love her but she's also like very unhappy in her marriage, and I'm just like, this is so sad. Yeah. It but was also like she she finds her own ways of being happy because she's so pure, and it's just like really breaks my little heart. She's like a child who she is have a you child. ever have you ever sometimes watched a child like what they do with like like sometimes children can just like pick up a stick and like preoccupy themselves for 20 minutes with that fucking right. stick like well, it's they'll, they can create said. like an entire world with it or they'll find like a red block and a blue block and they'll like play with that red and blue block forever whereas me like you know now like unless i'm doing something like you know um you know hiking a trail or you know skydiving i'm bored right like it's so it's so easy to bore me now right. um well you so said you mentioned at one point that like the way she eats in every episode is very like aggressive yeah and it's actually uh, actually actually it's actually no it's actually like super it's childish like watching my nephew eat mm-hmm. and like edith eats kind of like a child she just like goes at very it. frantically frantically she eats like someone who hasn't eaten in like weeks yeah and like i think it's i think it's one because she wants to eat just in case archie needs something Interesting. Um, yeah, I hadn't so even thought of that. she needs to finish her plate because he might need her to go get something. Yeah. So she's like trying to figure, fit it all in. But she <laughs> eats kind of like, yes, like a child. Like, I need to just get this down. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I used to eat as a child. It's just interesting. It's kind of how I still eat, but that's also just because I'm always so I'm also so a piece hungry. of shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm also garbage, But like, I don't but... know. She just, she's, she just really, she really, really fascinated me in this episode, this bitch. She just got me. That dream. Okay, so then... Uh, Archie in jail. Surrounded by the hippies. I'm so glad that they were playing Jesus Christ Superstar because for right. a moment, I'm right. like, oh my God, I forgot how fucking old that show it's is. An old because show. They, they just did the live version of with it Sarah on Bareilles. with Sarah Bareilles and John Legend on NBC, which is really good. I wasn't a huge fan of John Legend as Jesus. Um, I, I just, I, I love John. I love John Legend. I think he has an amazing voice, but his voice is not geared toward that show okay. at all. Like, you could tell he was struggling with those notes. Well, um, I think after watching the Hairspray Live, I was like, I'm done with these. I didn't watch Hairspray Live, but I have watched and rewatched Jennifer Hudson's performance of I Know Where I've Been. Okay. Because it, to me, I mean, it was incredible. Oh, I thought vocally. it was so awkwardly staged. It, yeah, it was very awkwardly staged. I think vocally, like I listened right, yeah, to yeah, it. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, like she, she is an amazing voice. And it was also, this aired like a month after Trump was elected and she's singing about, you know, we're, we're going to protest and we're not going to be successful and it's going to be a work in progress, but we're not going to give up and we're always committed to progress. Uh, and, and so it was... Did it speak to you? It spoke to... I think it spoke to a lot of yeah. people. Um, I remember seeing it in a bar and I was like, this is so not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't see the whole thing. I liked Grease though. I don't know why. I heard Grease was very I good. Gre- I mean, I maybe haven't seen Carly Grease. Jepsen was in it, but I liked Grease. I haven't seen Grease. I actually haven't seen a lot of the live musicals. I, I haven't either I saw, and I just don't care. I saw The Sound of Music, which I thought was pretty bad. I okay, saw, I uh, yeah, and I think that's that's like the last one I've watched in full. I've watched clips from the other ones. Um, I heard that Grease is really good. I've seen clips and I thought it was really good. Well, Aaron I think Tebet what is made amazing. Grease so good is that instead of really just like putting it on a stage and doing a musical, like 
they made it a filmed musical. Yes. So it was in, in sound stages. So they went from sound stage to sound stage to sound right, stage. Right, with people who are actually attractive so, right. and can actually sing, and unlike John Travolta. it looked like a film set. Yes. And so I was like interested because I was like, oh, this looks very different and it looks like what this should look like on television right. when you're bringing a stage musical to television and you're filming it. Mm-hmm. So without an audience. I was like, if you're not going to put an audience and you're just going to put like an empty theater, it's like, this is stupid. Yeah. That's my issue with the other ones. But yeah, that's fair. I think that's definitely fair. But, um, so yeah. So anyway, I love that Jesus Christ superstar. I, yeah, I forgot that that, that show was what, like 1972, maybe. 1971. This, this air, well, this yeah, this, this is 1972. Oh, 1972. Okay, wow. So I think Jesus Christ Superstar was 71, and Hair was 1966 or 68, I believe. Yeah, so that's old. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. So I find that that was a lot of fun. That was also because I'm a musical theater geek. I really enjoyed that. Um, I really could have watched a whole, maybe like a three parter of Archie in that jail cell. Well, there's another episode that I mentioned before where he's trapped in an elevator with people. Oh, I love that Like, episode. everyone who is his worst That's nightmare. That's an incredible episode. Though. It is a really funny episode. Um, and it's interesting because, uh, well, we'll talk about it when it happens, but Carol Connor had, like, a huge part in the way that that episode played out. Really? Because he had so many problems with the script. Um, interesting. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So, I love that episode. But I really could have watched, like, Archie in this jail cell with Jesus Christ Superstar and then people bowing down to him and then, like, people telling him not to do drugs just, like, all fucking day. It was do so you, funny. Do you think the episode would have worked better as a to-be-continued and then the second ver- the second part no, of the episode would be, I mean, like, just they, him in the uh, jail did, cell? They, because, no, that wasn't the point of the episode. The point was, like, just to teach Archie that, like, you know, whatever, police... You know, people that people get arrested not for being like just criminals, like criminals right. sometimes, and they 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 did their job, and that's yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I just yeah. If, I if, if it was about like what Archie thinks of criminals and like what Archie thinks of protesters and what they're like, then mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been a different episode. Okay, but this, interesting. It did the job it needed to do. I mean, it's a great punchline, too, of like, oh, we use the Freedom Fund to get you out of jail. Oh, yeah. It's a great punchline. Of course. The Freedom Fund. It's like really is a taste of his own medicine. Like, he learns that like, oh, people that do get arrested sometimes aren't criminals. And I shouldn't be a racist piece of shit because you never know who's going to be Polish. And that'll have consequences. And and oh, I benefited. I benefited from from something that I didn't work for and didn't pay into. Right. Um. Like other people paid into a system that and was able I didn't to alleviate. Yeah, yeah. That was able to alleviate me of my own financial burden. So. Right. Um, so that maybe was fun. Uh, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. It's but great. he'll never realize it. Oh, he'll never realize it. But yeah, it's, but the point it's is for the au- but the yeah. point is for audience members who are like Archie to realize it themselves, right? Um, which is the genius of the show, and which is what I think that the revival of Roseanne failed to do, especially well, right when, yeah. again, again, it was nine episodes. <laughs> like again, I think they would have because I read, I just don't think that's an excuse. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it's not, but I think they were going there. They were heading in. It's that possible. Direction. I'm definitely not denying the, the possibility. A lot of the reboots I've seen, like they spend so much time in those first seasons, just like doing the legwork of like bringing all the old characters back and doing all the references and the this and the that and let's let's see what these people are up to and this side character comes back and this other side character comes back and they do all that and then the second season is when they're like, okay, well we built this whole new world, like let's explore yeah. that now. That's just the only reason I'm saying that. No, 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 I get it. I get it. I will say, of all the reboots, I think Cobra Kai is my favorite. <laughs> I'm just going to say. I haven't The Karate seen Kid reboot. I haven't seen it. They did a Karate Kid reboot. It's 10 episodes on YouTube Red, which I, is just like, 
Oh, I know, I'm mad about it. But, like, I watched all of it, and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted, and this was so great, and I'm glad that this happened. And I was crying, and it was, like, so much emotion. I loved it. Hmm. Uh, yeah. But with that, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else I have to say about this episode, because, again, it just... Yeah, it's Archie getting a taste of his own medicine. That's great. Yeah, exactly. And it's a political issue that we realize Archie is wrong about. And there's very... And it's a political issue that still exists today. It really does. Yeah. I mean, it, today I think it's a little more violent because it's police brutality and how, like, instead of, like, you know, criminals going to jail, it's like, you know, people getting killed for things that they didn't do because yeah. people thought that they were criminals. And that argument of, like, well, they they may, they might have, they have a drug record. And it's like, okay, well, they weren't doing anything that night. They were going home. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they were walking home in a hoodie. You know something, okay, something that I do want to say about this episode, because it's a feeling that I had while watching it, and I don't, I don't have any justification for this feeling. I'm going to reference an old episode of Roseanne, probably one of their most famous episodes, where Roseanne, Dan, and Jackie get stoned. And uh, Dan asks her at one point, were we ever stupid enough to enjoy this? And Roseanne goes, it was just a very different time, you know, there was a war going on, everything was just so much more fun. And it's interesting because I'm watching this episode and there are so many times when I'm like, oh, it would have been so much fun to live in the 1970s. And it fucking wouldn't have been. No, it wouldn't have been. Because we are living in the 1970s as I, evidence of this podcast and watching the show over again. Yeah, I mean... And we're, we're living in it and it's not fun. It's not all. fun at all. Also, in 1972, like, homosexuality was still considered illegal. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, sodomy I mean, was illegal. It, right. Um, we didn't have rights. I mean, people, like... I have to say, like, people that are always, like, gay people, blah, blah, blah. It's so mainstream now. I'm like, we got the right to marry four years ago. You know what I mean? Like, not even. Three years ago. I... Th- 2015. Wow. It happened like three two- years ago is yeah. when we got the right to marry. Yeah. Do you wonder? That's the file we're on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yep. No, I, so I found it, yeah, I found it interesting how I felt nostalgic for a horrible time period defined by violence and crime and um, severe, severe social injustice, a time that I wasn't even alive during. Um, but it's almost like, you know, when people are just like, oh, I wish I could live in the 1950s. Those were like the most innocent good old days. Well, I always and have I'm this like thing about the 1980s. Right. Yeah. I have like a weird nostalgia thing about the 1980s. And the Reagan like, era. Right. But then you, I, then I did like, you know. The I, AIDS I, epidemic. Right. Yeah. I, I watched like, a doc, I watched so much about the 80s and like 80s movies and the 80s documentaries and so much. And then I was like, oh, it really wasn't that good. It was like called like the era of like, uh, what is it? Like, um, not spending, like surplus, not surplus either. Of, like, I can't, the, the Reagan era. That's yeah, the, the 1980s, like, 1980s. Like, people doing too much is what yeah. it was. And I was like, yeah, we were doing too much. Yeah. Um, no, definitely not the 80s, especially as a gay man. Though I don't know if in 19, in the 1980s I would have had AIDS because as it is in like in the 21st century, I couldn't come out to my family until I was 20. Oh, right. Um, and like, I can't even imagine how that would have been like in 1980. So to like be doing any of that stuff, like sometimes I wonder, and even after I came out, it was a very long time before... I was able to have sex with another guy with like out feeling guilty or without feeling weird about it. So I wonder if I would have been, if I would have been diagnosed with HIV I don't or AIDS. Know. In I mean, 1980s. we can't. I mean, sometimes no. It's just like something that I wonder. Like I wonder Someone how. Someone taught I, me about super gonorrhea last night, and I was like, I have to go home. I'm gonna have 
to. I'm going home. I could I'm watch a movie. Yeah. I have to go. I could be wrong about this, but these these like mutated strains of like gonorrhea and chlamydia, I believe they exist because their the, uh, gonorrhea is developed and chlamydia. They're developing a resistance to the antibiotics. Well, yeah, because what people because are people doing... don't fucking take them the right way. Right. People because... will take three of them and be like, oh great, I feel better now, and then throw the rest away. Well, do you know what people do? A lot of times, like people will go on vacation and they know they're gonna cruise. And, like, gay people will get prescribed antibiotics. They'll go to, like, Planned Parenthood and be like, I think I have gonorrhea. So they'll prescribe them, like, a whole round of antibiotics. This is a real thing. Don't you need to get tested before you well, can get prescribed in, antibiotics? Well, at certain clinics, if you think you have symptoms or you say you have symptoms, they'll give you it anyway. Because they want you to just, like, you know, like, just do it. Just in case. Because they don't want you to wait any longer or, like, prolong, you know, the symptoms or whatever. Or, like, whatever you have. Because it could, like, fuck your body up. But, so they give you the antibiotic. And so when you take it, so what they do is they go on vacation and they take a shit ton of it. And then they do all their cruising. So their antibodies antibodies are all, like, high. So they won't catch anything. But that helps gonorrhea and chlamydia, like, develop, like, resistances to those antibiotics. Interesting. Yeah. I learned about this last night at a party. And I was like, this has become a TED I Talk and I can't handle it. I would definitely have to read to find out more right. about that. Right. A lot, of, a lot that, of gays do this. Well, because I also know that part of the reason that um strep is a lot harder to treat with antibiotics now is because and i've heard this from like you know medic like my uncle is a doctor my mom is a nurse and it's because people don't take their antibiotics the right way like you were supposed to complete your antibiotics from start to finish even once you feel better and usually by day two after you've started right, your antibiotics yeah. for strep like you begin to feel better people are like oh like i feel fine now so i don't have to finish these but if you don't finish the pills in you know that you've been prescribed that's how you let things like strep or gonorrhea develop a resistance to it. Right. And that's how these mutated strains of the... Uh, of, it's not a virus, it's a bacteria. But these mutated strains um, are proliferating. And Well, all this to say, we wouldn't have done well in the 80s. We or the have. 70s for that matter. No, we definitely wouldn't we have. We got the so. right to marry three years ago. I know. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't so, know. When people talk about gay rights, I'm like, we got the right to marry three years ago. Just shut the fuck up. Is it straight people who are like lecturing you about gay rights or like telling no, you? No, I to just complain? hear I just hear some people sometimes like say that. Or like it is straight people, or just like on the somewhere I hear it sometimes, and it's like, isn't it just like who cares anymore? I'm like, you know what? Just I don't know, you tell me. Just because yeah. Will and Grace was on the air for eight years. Also, fuck Will and Grace, Doesn't I'm sorry. That we, I yeah. don't like that show. I think, I don't know if I've ever I had... I really like it either. I don't know if I've ever fine. got on, on my soapbox and, like, given my Will and Grace yeah, diatribe on this, on this I'm show. I'm just saying, we got the right to marry three years ago, so, yeah. like, let's, let's all calm down. We yeah. have problems, but no, we shouldn't have lived in the 70s. No, definitely not. Definitely, I mean, like, I have these moments of nostalgia, and then I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, well, there was, the there's like no now, other period of history that would have ever been hospitable to me. Right, and to think, like, now it's like, well, I mean, all these social issues are just getting worse and more violent. Um, but that's yeah. the thing, and I had a friend recently who said something that I thought was really interesting, because everyone, especially white people, love to act like Donald Trump is new, like he's an anomaly. Like, we've made so much progress, and now we've taken so many steps no, back. we haven't. Like, we haven't. Seriously, we haven't. I mean... I well, think that Donald Trump like, Donald Trump is Ronald Reagan just as racist as Ronald Reagan oh, yeah. but he lacks all the same finesse like Ronald Reagan was very articulate very charming very persuasive very good at convincing people that he had the country's best interest at heart yeah. and Donald Trump doesn't even pretend because he's too stupid to have that same finesse he doesn't use the same language he Donald Trump is a prototypical actually no sorry not prototypical that's the wrong word he is the quintessential republican 
without all of the um, linguistic finesse that Republicans have spent a lot of time developing and working on, right? They realize like, oh, God, great. Well, now black people are equal by law. I got it. We'll start calling them low income instead of the yeah. N word. And like that, like Donald Trump, like just doesn't care because he's so outrageously fucking stupid, yeah. but he's not new. No. By no means. No, like, when people are like, I don't know, I just like find, yeah, I don't know. When people are like, how did it happen? I'm like, well, that's also part of the thesis behind the right. movie Get Out. It, it, you know, it's a movie that parodies white racial innocence because um, in the end, you have you have Rose who throughout the entire film is just like, I don't understand why everyone thinks it's such a big deal for me to have a black boyfriend. And she's so disingenuous and she, she feigns surprise. And then finally, in the end, once Chris realizes what's going on, and you see her go, you see her, the look on her face go from innocent to all knowing because she's been a part of this scheme all along. That is symbolic of like white America finally being, after the election of Donald Trump, finally being like, yeah, we've been racist all along. Nothing has ever right. really changed. I mean, we just you, can't even hide it anymore. Do you think like eight years of having Obama in office helped that? No. No. It just made them more mad. Yeah. They just festered in them. They were just like pissed about it for eight fucking years. When he got reelected, they were like more pissed about it. So then Donald Trump came along and they were like, we're done. Let's just do it. Like, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also sexism. But like, <laughs> also that. And also rape. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? Maybe on second thought, maybe Roseanne didn't need to be so nuanced and subtle considering none of our politics at the moment are nuanced no, and subtle. No, they're not at all. Um, right. So... I don't know. Wow, a lot to chew on. A lot to chew on, guys. And, wow, this that was, I think yeah, I think we this can. This was an episode. This was a lot. Okay, yeah. I don't know what we're talking about next week. I can. Um, it'll be a surprise for all of us. It'll be unless you know what an episode guide is, then you can find out what season two, episode six is. <laughs> Assuming that anyone listens Hi. to this podcast, <laughs> I have friends that text me and they say they oh, listen word? to it. Good. Yeah, yeah, in LA, my friends. Oh my god, to that's it. so good. Yeah, Great. my fr I get texts a lot about it. They're like, oh yeah, it's really interesting. I'm like, I know. Oh, awesome. Yeah, bitch. let's high five each other. High Five. Right next to the microphone so everyone can hear the high five, high five. we just gave each other. Uh, it's a gay high five. Happy Pride, y'all. Happy Pride. Take care. Remember, we got the right to marry three years ago and have a nice week. Yep. All in the Family was recorded on tape before a live audience.